You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcaster Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. Are you troubled by pop culture references you don't understand? Does trying to figure out a good jumping on point in a long-running comic series keep you up at night? Have you or your friends or family seen a comic book-based movie, TV show, or cartoon and not known what was going on? If the answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. My My Big big Fat Pull List. Our assembly of knowledgeable hosts are eager to help answer all your comic book-based pop culture questions. We're ready to geek out with you! As children, summertime meant sleeping in and staying up late, going out into the world looking for harmless mischief, reading stacks of comics, and debating with your friends. Who's the coolest primate character in comics? The Mandrill, Gleek, Cygor, Detective Chimp, or Gorilla Grodd? Summertime as a kid was a blast. And then we had to get older. And the stretch of time between June and August just didn't have the same wonder as it once had. But fear not, loyal listers. We here at My Big Fat Pullist are delivering you a heapin' helpin' of summertime fun during this unique entry of our podcast. Welcome. To our summer special spectacular. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks and geekettes, and of course, our loyal listeners to another edition of my Big Fat Pullist podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mr. X. I am another host, Dr. Impact. I'm the lovable Smurfy. And the slightly perplexed Bangman himself, Pistol Danger, because I noted that you left off one important monkey, and that is, of course, Hit Monkey of that whole list. Now, is there a reason you're excluding Hit Monkey? Well, yes, because Hit Monkey wasn't really introduced until the 2000s, and I was picking characters that were created before 2000, back when we, you know, we were kids. That's why the omission of the six-gun gorilla. Okay, I get it. Right, right, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of really great primate characters out there, but I stuck with older ones from... from geez, here I am. I tried to, I tried to do something nice to where we can have a conversation about monkeys. Nope. And I get, I, get, I get shit from you. I mean, at least I'm not throwing it, okay? So first of all, this is if true. you want to go all the way back then, what about Agent M from Dexter's Lab? Okay? Dial M for Monkey? Great superhero. You can dial M for Monkey all you want. Was he a comic book character? Actually, <laughs> yeah, he was. Before he was a cartoon? I mean, who knows? No one can know. <laughs> Somebody knows. There's a fact out there, sir. The okay. internet knows, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, fine, Mr. Google. Look it up. Uh, I, I don't want to. Hold on, let How me about- use my computer powers. Beep boop bop boop. Yes, he was. There you go. <laughs> beep boop beep boop bop boop. <laughs> you just got dangered. So, 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 tell me, guys. Uh, besides the bang man, because I don't want to hear from him at all. Uh, 
who's your favorite primate character from comics? And specifically from that list. I, it doesn't have to be from that list. Detective Chimp, because he's sassy. Yeah, I do okay. love me some Detective Chimp. Yeah, he, Bobo's cool. Yeah. And I, I got to admit, though, I, I do love the six-gun gorilla, too. But again, we all know that my my obsession over Westerns probably leads a lot to... I mean, he's a gorilla with a six-gun. <laughs> I mean... It's all there in the title. It's all there in the title. If you yeah, don't like that, then what are you reading it for? What, what about six gorillas with one gun? Is that... No? Okay. Well, that's just real life. <laughs> It would take six gorilla, six gorillas right. to work one gun. Never mind. <laughs> With your love of the Flash, I'm actually surprised, Doctor Impact, that you didn't pick Gorilla Grodd. I oh, I, I love me some Gorilla Grodd. No, I I probably lean more in a in a serious answer. I probably lean more towards Detective Chimp because I love Bobo and I I really I'm just super hooked on the current Justice League Dark book that he's in six gun gorilla is is something that i just discovered recently and i i bought all six issues and just had a blast with it so i it's just kind of fresh in my head that's all stupid question for you guys who's cygor he's the only one that like is not ringing a bell oh man he's one of spawn's early villains yeah, I was oh, saying, that's, okay from, that's why yeah i was thinking marvel dc in my rolodex in my brain and i was like coming up blank gaia he's from Cygor's cool spawn. okay oh yeah gaia. so Actually, he's a bad He's a bad, bad guy, guy, right? Yes. Yeah, so on this list, the only good guy is Detective Chimp, correct? Well, Gleek. Gleek. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Gleek's a good guy. Okay. I was making sure we're being fair. And the six-gun oh, yeah. gorilla. Oh, Jesus. Who's <laughs> not on the list? <laughs> Sir, not appearing in this podcast. <laughs> this is superhero name. All right, Pistol. Pistol. Yeah. Save yeah. me from this stupidity. <laughs> Yeah, why did you come to me for this? I'm the one who initiated <laughs> the stupidity. I know, sir. but maybe you will actually have an intelligent answer. Just gunning from that list, uh, Gorilla Grodd. I like to check okay. the chimp from what I've read, but I, I'm more f- familiar with Gorilla Grodd than the others. And I always think back to that Flash Christmas special where he beats up Gorilla Grodd thinking he's stealing to- uh, toys from children. When in fact he's going to give toys to children because even Gorilla Grodd isn't heartless during Christmas time. Oh, <laughs> I mean he puts him in jail after, but I mean, of course, that's happening. Yeah. Sure, right. But Christmas is for the ones you love. Insert the tone. What? No. Yep. <laughs> and that, my my fellow <laughs> listeners, was was. An example of conversations that I'm sure we all had with our friends when we were kids that would rage for hours on end because we would we would have to defend our answers. And that is just a taste of what you can expect during this very special episode that we've got for you. Now, in the world of comics, you've got ongoings, miniseries, one-shots, annuals, and special issues. And since we've tailored our podcast after comic books, uh, we decided why wait for the end of our season to put out an episode filled with little segments too short for a full episode, but too important not to release to the public. Hence, and I do love saying hence, (laughs) our summer special spectacular. And I can only think of one thing better 
than a summer special spectacular. And that is our Patreon page. I know that was a real forced segue, but, you know, we've got a lot to cover right now. We always have time to be the most clever of, of people. That's right. That's right. I'll be clever later. Okay. Why don't you head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash my big fat pull list podcast. and Go ahead and pick a tier that just warms the cockles of your hearts. We've got multiple tiers starting as low as $1 for all sorts of great content. We can't wait to see on their pilgrims. And you know, that just made me think of something. You know what I'm going to do before the end of summer, specifically just for Patreon. So if anybody is interested in checking this out, you'll want to head to the the Patreon page because it's the only place you'll get to see it. I think I'm going to do an original piece of art, a team-up, fake team-up cover, Six-Gun Gorilla teaming up with Slam Bradley. My God. And it's only (laughs) available on Patreon. Well, you've heard it here first. That is a summer special spectacular special announcement and you should just head on over to Patreon right now. So just like any special issue or annual coming out from comic books, this episode is filled with five, that's right, count them, five special segments, all ranging from ridiculous to quite insightful. So let's get to the ridiculous first. This first segment is our shameless plug into the whole summer angle. It's the whole reason why we get to call this the summer special spectacular. It's actually a conversation between myself, Smurfy, and Pistol about our favorite summer slash heat-based comic story. Yeah, I know. That's a stretch. (laughs) So sit back in your lounge chair. Put your feet in the sand, grab your favorite fruity adult beverage, and enjoy the ramblings of three idiots. Since this is our first summer special spectacular, what better way to spend the time than talking about our favorite summertime comic story? And I know that's, that, that's kind of obscure. Yeah, well, what's the parameter? The parameter is it, it either the story has to either take place during the summer, or if that's too hard, then it has to take place in a hot location. Hmm. <laughs> so, so bright, bright sun, sandy beaches, or desert. Uh, I mean, depending on how you feel. Well, so mine in that parameter, and stay with this is this is stretch. I'm gonna call it right now. Be upfront about it. Okay. Is Transformers versus Terminator. And, and, and the reason is because uh, we're so far the second issue is taking places is the arc for the Transformers, their ship, which is in an active volcano. All right. Well, that is a hot spot. Yeah, right. So that's why I was like, it's a stretch. It is a hot spot. But I've been reading that and it's been super fun. And just to give you guys a diagnosis, pretty much what it is, take Terminator 1, the movie. Yeah. And then take like the beginning of Transformers and just mesh it together. So what it is, is in the world of Skynet, the Transformers are the Decepticons are all the robots you see in Terminator 1, all those like tanks and flying vehicles. Those are the Decepticons and humans are, are, are have lost. And the humans, though, developed the Terminators, which Terminators are now fighting for the humans to take out the Decepticons. So they travel back in time to try to fix everything. And when the Terminator comes back in time, he meets 
Sarah Connor. And he he kidnaps Sarah Connor and has him take him to the Ark, which is right near her diner, so that he can kind of like start taking out the Decepticons and Transformers. Crazy, right? That's an interesting premise. <laughs> and it's actually so far, like, I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. It's been pretty fun because his objective, like, you see that through the Terminator's eyes, like in the movie, his, like, fourth objective is terminate Sarah Connor. And she's helping him out right now. So you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, once he gets through one through three, she better run for the hills. Being a, like, big fan of Transformers, is actually, like I said, it's a really fun, interesting read. Like, the twist is kind of interesting how they're throwing it all together. Well, I think the the concept of the Terminator is also so versatile. You could have a Terminator verse pretty much anything right? by using, you know, time travel. Right. You could have it be versus Judge Dreadnought right now. Uh, I actually have it. Uh, Terminator versus RoboCop. Oh, yeah. That, I forgot. That was out which, today. That'd be which, fun to read. Which was, very, which was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to do a... a Terminator uh, versus episode. Yes, because the Terminator has gone up against a lot of things. Pistol, what's your summertime slash very, very hot location story? The X-Men Beach issue, because as a young Pistol, that was very, very (laughs) hot to me. You mean the Marvel swimsuit issue? Yes. You. (laughs) All right. Well, that just got awkward for everybody. I'm actually, that's not actually it. I'm actually Jim Lee to... does know how to draw Psylocke. Yes. In a bathing suit. That was exactly who I was thinking of. That's not my. That's not actually my thing. So uh, sorry. I just. I'm, well, remember, I'm... we don't kink shame here. No, that's no. true. I'm trying to figure out the exact issue of it. It's from Power Man and Iron Fist, that revival I talked about a while ago. Yeah. And there's an issue where. They have to fight. So the way the issue is told is through a call-in radio show because they find a villain who is, and I'm probably remembering this wrong, it's like a hot day. So he's at a vendor, like just an outside vendor, and he's buying like, I think he says he's buying ice cream and a soda. They're like, no, he was was like holding the guy down. But as the story goes, it like unravels more and more because – First, uh, the guy calls in, the, the villain calls in to defend himself. Then Iron Fist calls in. He's like, that's not what happened at all. And then it eventually, like, you find out what actually happened. And it's super fun. Because mm-hmm. that whole run from Iron from Power Man and Iron Fist uh, was great, quite frankly. How about how about you, Mr. X? What's your hot, hot pick? Well, for me, it uh, stems from uh, the marriage of Scott Summers and Jean Grey. Okay. In uh, X-Men issue 30 from uh, from the 90s, okay. they get married and then they go off on a honeymoon. And it's it's supposed to be this nice, relaxing beach honeymoon. And while they're on the honeymoon, the Ascani show up and rip their consciousness into the future, into a, a thousand years into the future, so that they can raise young cable now of course it's it's not their bodies it's their minds in the bodies of two people from that period known as red and slim but essentially since madeline pryor was the biological mother of cable and madeline pryor is the clone of gene gray essentially cable is kind of her let's just call him his stepson Mm -hmm. we've got scott and and gene raising 
young cable in the future for a good decade. So let's not forget that in the future, a lot of the earth is kind of barren. So there's a lot of desert wandering as well. So the story starts off, they're on a nice sunny beach and they get their consciousness ripped into the future and they live for about a decade in this future that that is hot and uncomfortable and they get tossed back into their bodies like literally seconds after they left. Their honeymoon was very short, but it lasted 10 years to them mentally. And it also started on a beach had a lot of wandering through desert kind of areas and then ended on a beach. <sighs> so I see, I, I brought it full circle. I like I it. See you did. And I know it was very random, but we want to know, dear listeners, what is your favorite summertime story or slash hot location that a comic book story is taking place in? Let us know by heading over to our website at mybigfatpolis.com. We're willing to read anything you send us. Listen, just join the Patreon. That's the best way to get us to do shit. Well said. Well, talk about hot, hot, hot. Those were our examples for summer slash heat-based comic book stories. And I think most of them were well thought out. Moving on, our second section is actually something that uh, Dr. Impact brought up while we were in the car driving around, uh, grabbing our comic books. Uh, it's the speculation game. Uh, oh, Smurfy, yeah. Smurfy wasn't a part of this, and I don't know what he was doing. He either was on another vacation or just decided he didn't want to come to the studio that night. I may have been so asleep. We don't know. So it's a it's actually a conversation between me, Dr. Impact, and Pistol Danger. Dr. Impact, set this up for our listeners. Yeah, well, essentially, you know, the speculation game has has exploded over the last 10 years or so, especially with the advent of, of the MCU. You know, every time there's an announcement of a, of a certain character being bought by a studio, suddenly that character's first appearance just goes through the roof. And then and then the speculation game of various different books as they're getting ready to come out, introducing new characters or introducing various new storylines and people just assuming that, oh, I've got to get this now because it could be the next Walking Dead or, or whatever. So, so yeah, so sit back and, and enjoy this segment. Earlier today, Dr. Impact and I were, were driving around. We were on the comic caravan like we do almost every Wednesday. Uh, there's a handful of shops that we like to visit uh, because we just can't get enough from one. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess that's how you could put it. Yeah. Today we had a, a big thing in comics. Uh, <gasps> Batman issue 89 uh, came out and it was supposed to be the debut of Joker's new sidekick punchline i'm going to say this cool all right introducing a new character always important but people were foaming at the mouth to get this if you did not have this book in your on your pull list it's almost guaranteed you weren't going to get it when we make our rounds mr x and i on wednesdays you know one of the first shops we hit is a shop known as justin's comics 
in St. Charles here in the St. Louis area, and we... Um, they are not a sponsor, but Justin, no, if you want to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can yes. be. Exactly. Well, the one thing that we were being told there is that he was sold out essentially Saturday. That he knew Saturday that if you didn't have it on your pull, you weren't going to get it. Hmm. And that the thing had already gone to back order, and I think to a second and third printing already, hasn't it? Something like that yeah. at this point? Something and ridiculous. Something ridiculous three or four days before it had even hit the shelf. And and as of today, the day that it came out, it's already up on eBay selling for like $50. Yeah. yeah. You want to know why hmm. it's up for sale? Please enlighten me. Because for one panel in the f- back of the book, the, the, final, the page, final page, one panel has punchlines lower face. It's a phone call. It's a close-up phone call. It's not even the full lower face. I yeah, think it cuts off the bottom of her chin. Yeah, so you get a part it, of her nose and not all of it, even all of her chin. And that is supposed to be it. the first appearance of this character. And people are going apeshit. And I'm tired of that aspect of the industry. This is a speculation game. I get that it's important when a new character is introduced for, let's say, the collector that's just collecting for the investment of comics. Mm-hmm. Because they they can. They're not always, most of the time, but they can be a lucrative business. Uh, especially with those variant covers. Yeah. You know, it's not just one or two, it's 17. And if you want to hear us talk more about variant covers, check our archives. Uh, something similar happened like the middle of last year, 2019. Marvel Presents. Mm-hmm. Marvel Comics Presents started up again. I and and Dr. Impact, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you were in the same boat, we both kind of assumed that it was similar to the old stuff. It's just stories. Creators want to get get, get well, on board and want to just tell a story. I was, I was actually getting the book. Oh, I were bought, you? Yeah, I bought the first four issues. And then stopped because that's what it felt like. It felt like these were just non-canon, non-important, just stories. And they were fun. And had I had enough money to keep going, I probably would have continued with it because they weren't bad. But it didn't seem like it was important to anything. The thing is, though, is that they start doing this Wolverine story, and this is right at the time that I want to say. X-Men disassembled was over, so okay. we're dealing with yeah. the age of X-Men on one half, yeah. and then the the dark brooding Cyclops has returned, and he's gotten what little mutants are left on the world together, and we're the final stand X-Men kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So this story is happening that's revolving around Wolverine, and guess what they decide to do? Oh, Wolverine's got a daughter. That's not Laura Kinney. Okay. And the day that that issue comes out, you can't find it anywhere. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Wolverine's got another kid. Everybody it, get it. Everybody get it. Mm-hmm. And online, it's going for stupid amounts of money. First appearance. The, the same thing right. happened later in the year in a Captain Marvel book when they introduced the new character of Star. Of Star, yeah. And I don't know anything about Star. I don't read Captain Marvel. I, I didn't care to even try to pick it up. But She's the human was... incarnation of the Power Stone. Oh. Okay. Yeah, after, at the end uh-huh. of Infinity Wars, uh-huh. okay. Adam Warlock told the stones, don't be stones. 
yeah. essentially, it's, it's don't, don't be stoned. Yeah. He yeah. gave them sentience. Yeah. So because they became the Wolverine and the Infinity Watch. Right. Gave us uh, all about the time the stone. time stone yeah. as a as a personification. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Uh, so I didn't know that's what Star was. Right. Star is supposed to be the the human interpretation. Well, of people the power went stone. nuts. Oh it. yeah, and it was selling for 50, 60 bucks the day before it came out. And it's it's that speculation game that is kind of fueled by the movies because there will be a lot of times where, you know, it'll happen with older books too. It doesn't always just necessarily happen with the the newer stuff. There will be a rumor that will circulate. Like let's say about a year or so ago, there was a rumor that circulated. Oh, Beta Ray Bill's going to be in the new Thor. And nothing came out of Marvel or Disney. Kevin Feige didn't say anything. Nothing. It was a rumor. And suddenly, the first appearance of Beta Ray Bill started selling for stupid amounts of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Shot shoots right up. It yeah. shoots right up because I... it's it's this speculation game that seems to be, you know, infesting everything right now. And it's the 21st century version of what happened in the 90s. Right. Right. That's yeah. essentially what this is and it's all going to it's going to hit the ceiling at some point. There will yeah, the bubble will break at some point in time. Yeah. And I'm afraid of what's going to happen to us just the lowly collectors who enjoy reading comics because it's it's things like like this new issue of Batman. Yes. It's a new character. So yes, everybody wants to get the first appearance. But they announced it ahead of time. Everybody put it on their list and expecting it to be a new Harley Quinn kind of character. Well, the thing that made the Harley Quinn book so financially worth holding on to and investing in is not the fact that it was Harley Quinn. It was in Batman Adventures number 12, I think, the the book that was an offshoot from the Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The issue was... It didn't even have Batman in it. It was Batgirl and, I forget, Poison Ivy maybe, somebody like that. Yeah. And then Harlequin. It was the very first comic she ever appeared in. It wasn't even in continuity. But you're talking about a book that was a kid's book. So immediately off the bat, it had half the amount of copies printed as a regular comic. Right. Yeah. Then when it sold to kids in the 90s... Half of those probably got ripped up and thrown around because it was a kid's book. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, of course it's worth something. It's a big popular character. It's her first appearance, and there aren't many of them. Yeah. That's what makes it worth something. Mm-hmm. You announce somebody like Punchline, and everybody and their brother buys it. Okay, well, what makes that rare? Because eventually people are going to start selling them, and you're going to start seeing them at conventions and shows. And you know there's going to be a second printing of it. Yeah. So it's and like one day you're going to, you know, the price is going to come down on it, and it's going to be ten dollars. You can buy a ten dollar mm-hmm. copy of it, maybe even five dollars, depending on you know whether people care about the character. Anymore. Right. Well, yeah. See, that's another thing. Yeah. What if the character comes out and has no people punchline? Don't like it. Yeah. yeah. What if the punchline fails? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, and another thing, it's not technically even the first appearance. The next issue will be the first appearance. Well, that's the other thing. The first appearance will actually be in the Year of the Villain Hell Arisen, issue three, Mm. which comes out, I think, a week from this recording. That will be the first full appearance. That's my other question. When did we start counting cameos as first appearances? Because When there was money to be had. When there was money. Because Incredible Hulk 180... From what I, I recall, had a cameo 
on one panel of Wolverine. But it's the final page, yeah. Yeah, but 181 was always the first appearance, not 180. Same thing, I think, happened to Cable, didn't it? Isn't there a cameo in uh, the previous issue of, of New Mutants before Cable makes his full appearance? Uh, it's like 87. It's in the 80s, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, somewhere around there. But but it's not counted as well, his first appearance. Again, it's also it's also the same thing where Apocalypse is concerned. Yes, in, it is. In, yeah. in the X-Factor yeah. book, mm-hmm. there is a final page of the book and he's not he's in shadow. Yeah. Yeah. You're not even seeing the character because uh spoiler alert, they didn't have the design nailed down <laughs> yet. Because it wasn't going to be Apocalypse. Which is why that is not his first appearance. But it is now but because it is now because, because retailers and sellers yep. have said, "Oh, well, you know, yeah. you like that Apocalypse, you want everything he's in, you got to have this. This mm-hmm. is his first appearance." Yeah. I think that's the game right there. Yeah. Is that it's not really us, the fans. It's more, I don't even really want to call them collectors. In the, well, in they the, are. In the, because I, they're collecting technically something. Technically, they are collectors. I yeah. feel scalper is a closer term to what we're talking about because they're not buying it for the enjoyment of it. They're buying it for the resale value of it. Right. Yeah. So now, I would, there are some that, that are buying it because they enjoy it. Right. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. For instance, I... I I got the issue of Batman with Punchline, but that's because I've been collecting Batman since Rebirth started, since Tom King started, mm-hmm. and the book relaunched with issue you one. You have I have the issue one through eighty eight yeah, issues. So of before. course you're so going of to course get I'm going to get eighty eighty nine. Right. And as a DC guy, I might have even if I wasn't collecting Batman, I might have thought about getting it. Just to add it into my collection because I get so much DC stuff. Right. But it would be more for the story value than anything else. But there, I guarantee you, the reason this thing is selling out is because there are people that are buying three and four copies apiece thinking that, oh, I'm going it, to... It's the death of Superman all over I again. was literally just yeah. thinking It's that. the death of Superman. It is X-Men number one, X-Force number one. Mm-hmm. All over again, just for the 21st century. That's yeah. what this is. Yeah, it's made a big deal of, so people feel it's a big deal. But ultimately, it will not be a big deal. Right. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't want it to hurt us, the regular average Joe comic collector, who may or may not want to have. Uh, we want to fill our fill the holes in our collection. Right. And and stuff like this, if that was something that we needed would then make it almost impossible mm-hmm. for us to responsibly afford yeah. to get something. I just spent the last six months putting in a little bit at a time to buy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume 1, Issue 2, first printing for $220. That is impressive. Well, I'm not trying to impress you. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. That book has a small print run, mm-hmm. and it is also... Over thirty years old, so it makes sense yeah, that it would cost. Yeah. Actually, that's a really that's, damn I would good say price. that's actually a pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Now to fill a hole where, let's say, I I I do collect X Men stuff. Oh, oh my God, I have to I have to have this story of the the daughter of Wolverine. Well, I'm never going to be able to have those issues as of right now, mm-hmm. unless the price drops. I am not going to waste my time on something that was not important enough. For Marvel Comics to say, hey, you better pay attention. Because 
all of the solicitations I saw is Marvel Comics Presents was for that comic book reader who would just wanted to read stories about random characters. Right. That's it. And then I'm lied to because this is important. Well, the thing is, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not even going. I don't even care enough to go go out and get the trade paperback, which would give me the story. Yeah. But I, I again, I don't care, and because she hasn't even shown up in since, Jonathan yeah. Hickman's shit. Yeah. Yeah. Since then, yeah. Can't wait. So I think that's that's a thing right there. Is I don't think it will affect us, the story driven people, mm. but I feel like the comic will always be available nowadays in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Your first printing is something that is to be desired. Whereas, you know, the, the the punchline comic, nowadays, I can, if I can't find it, I can find it online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could just print it, which is illegal and I don't recommend. <laughs> or just read it off my DC app. like Or buy the, the trade know, paperback that it will trade eventually be in. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't feel today, so long as you're a storygoer and not a sensationalist for mm. the comic... It will affect us. If anything, I think it will positively affect us because eventually studios will be like, oh, we can't keep doing this shit of just, hey, guys, guess what? New character shows up. Uh, Punchline's dead, and it's... uh, Laugh uh, track. Yeah, got it. (laughs) Hashtag trademark my big fat pull this podcast. Laugh track. Oh, God, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I no, think I, eventually totally it here. will stop because if you would have known that the death of Superman would have been negated so quickly, would death of Superman still be an impactful? I would argue no. No, I think it would still be impactful to Superman fans. Yes. And it would still be impactful maybe even to DC fans because of what they've built off of it over mm-hmm. the years. But no, in that moment, no. And that's that's the other thing that I miss about the bigger bigger books, you know, these these books where you have first appearances of characters. You might introduce a character in, let's say, issue two or three of a book. Okay, whatever. No big deal. It gets the character gets thrown away. Three, four years down the line, a new reader or a new writer comes on board, and maybe this writer was reading that book and thought, Oh, I can do something with that character. And then, as an afterthought, does something that makes the character cool. Now that character's first appearance is worth something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they've developed it, as mm-hmm. opposed to, here, here's a new character. Everybody buy it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's the game. I think, eventually, unless the person is of worth, they will be worthless. The comic, I mean. So if Punchline comes, and she's a flop... Everyone will look at their issue in 89 and be like, well, that throw happened. it in the air. Yep, you'll find it next next year. In the 25-cent bin. In the 25-cent bin, right mm-hmm. next to X-Force number one, X-Men number one, and the death of Superman. New appearance of Laugh Track. Boy, I really hope that becomes a thing. Yeah, I do too. Who knows? Well, maybe my big fat pull is podcast should start doing little comic strips. If only we had Laugh some track. artistic ability. Hmm, maybe, maybe it'll happen. Maybe. Oh, yes. Now, see, I remember how frustrating it was when you get the word, oh, Wolverine's got another kid running around out there. We're going to introduce it in a book that nobody was picking up. 
And oh, guess what? Now you can't find it at all because oh, it's the hot big thing. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And it really does hurt those of us that just want to collect the story. And, you know, I mean, I, I get all the, the Batman and, and you're the villain stuff, you know, and as, as many people know, and, you know, there's that whole thing with punchline and, yeah. you know, I could care less about punchline, but I certainly don't want to pay 30, 40 bucks for punchline's first appearance just because I need to read it for the story I'm reading. Right. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's the unfortunate side of the speculation game. And that's where we want to ask you guys, was there any speculation comics or speculative comics, I guess, depending on how you want to label them, that we didn't talk about? Anything that you remember that you want to share with us? If so, head on over to our social media sites and show us an image of the speculative comic that you remember most. Up next during our summer special spectacular... It's time to get real. This next segment is a personal vendetta against the entertainment industry on my part. And I'm not going to set it up any more than that. Just sit back and enjoy the hashtag Save Swamp Thing segment. I know I was late to the party, but I finally have access to DC Universe Online. Okay. And I have to say, holy crap. The content on there, there's not a lot uh, movie-wise, but uh, television show-wise, both animated and live action, I'm I'm very, very interested in watching a whole bunch of stuff that's that's available on, on the app. One thing I have to say, though, is where the hell is the save swamp thing campaign on social media because that was the first thing i watched on the dc app when i got it was those first those 10 episodes of of swamp thing and holy shit my wife and i absolutely loved every episode where where is i i mean i know the controversy that happened that that uh resulted in its cancellation where they were filming, I do believe it was North Carolina. It was one of the Carolinas, even though it takes place in Louisiana. Right. They filmed in one of the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who doesn't know the backstory, so they were promised a certain amount of tax breaks, which allowed them to have a very chunky budget because a lot of the special effects are outstanding. That first episode when Correct. the vines attack those guys in the boat looks so real. And yeah. it was so well done that I was like, how are they going to afford to keep this show going? Well, well and so- the problem is, is that uh, uh, halfway through the season, the state doesn't give them those tax breaks. So now they don't have the money oh, to sucks. be able to do the 13 episodes that they had planned. So they had to condense like the last half of the season to try to make things make sense. Yes. And luckily, since I finished it, it, it does. It does make sense. But it's a cliffhanger, man. There's a damn cliffhanger. Right. Well, you are you and uh, Mrs. X aren't the only ones that uh, gobbled that up when they first got the DC app. Mrs. Danger and myself also enjoyed the first eight episodes. We stopped because it was too depressing to find out the show was canceled. There was a cliffhanger and no hashtag save swamp thing trending at all. So I was like, what's the GD point here? 
quick question for you guys. <laughs> Swamp Thing wasn't like a CW show, right? Like this nope. was strictly only a DC app show, or was it on like HBO or what, what was it nope. supposed no, to be? No, this on? was this was DC Universe app. Yep. So strictly just the app. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was wondering because I because I mean it kind of had sort of a feel at least first episode I saw like the, of a CW show because it was violent but not overly violent. Uh, so that's what I was curious. So okay. So but that sucks. That they didn't get the tax break. It, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. It, it was violent, but not overly violent. Yeah, man, we're talking about effects that reminded me of uh, the thing, right? From John Carpenter, very adult. And I appreciated that because yeah. it felt like I was watching ten mini horror movies. Swamp Thing should, yeah. and it should be adult. Like it's, it's almost a borderline horror comic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, depending yeah. on what Who's era you're right? in. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So it should be very adult. And speaking of that. And and I I I'm not going to say that I am a a Swamp Thing expert. I have followed the character for a very long time, starting with the Wes Craven movie from the 1980s. <laughs> I loved I loved the films. Is that the I one loved, two kids in the swamp with like the no, bowling ball? Well, that was Return of Swamp Thing. Yeah, that yeah. was done more <laughs> of a comedy. Uh, yeah, that one's because like I'm like that one's goofy. So okay. The, the the first one is done by Wes Craven, so oh got you. you know Wes Craven, the man who created Freddy Frickin' Krueger. Yep, right. So so he took the the material seriously. Uh, the only problem is is that as he's making the damn movie, his budget kept on getting cut and cut and cut by the studio. I feel like that's the curse of Swamp Thing. It is the it's the yeah. curse of Swamp Thing. Uh, also, not a lot of people remember this, but in the nineties. There early '90s, there was a TV series on USA, a live-action TV series on the USA Network that had, you know, it, it was Swamp Thing, and it only lasted, I want to say, for a season. It might have been two, but I remember definitely one season. But damn, that was a fun show as well. And then you've got the comic book stuff, and I have to say, this new one, this new Swamp Thing, took all of the right elements from like. 50 years of the comic book and was able to weave them into an origin for the character and the world that he lives in, in 10 freaking episodes. It really made me sad that both of these happened because I loved the Constantine show on NBC, which is now on the DC app. And mm. Matt Ryan has gone on to be Constantine in uh, the shows and animated movies. Right, but right. Once I found out that Swamp Thing was there, I'm like, here it is. John can come back here as well. And it was just like, nope, go fuck yourself, Pistol. You don't deserve nice things because this is 2020 and we don't care. And I just thought of the fun crossovers that it could have. It Yes. Yeah. Well, because actually John Constantine was introduced in an issue of Swamp Thing. Mm hmm. Alan Moore created the character while he was writing Swamp Thing. Uh, we actually talk about that in one of our previous episodes, the top 10 horror comic characters. Uh, but the character himself, it's, it's mystical, it's horror, and there's just so much to enjoy about the character. And I feel like the show was taking it the right, the right amount of serious. Mm-hmm. In, including, and this will be a spoiler for you, Pistol, and anybody who hasn't watched the show, but I'm go I have to say this. Not so there, there's a DC character called the Blue Devil, ah, right? Who really? also, yeah, I mean, yes, because I know, yeah, I, I, no. I know the character's name, 
and he is there, but he actually... He's actually a character in DC Comics, yes. Yeah, he's yeah, a magic yeah. user, yeah. He, he literally uh-huh. is just... He, he blue and looks like the devil, so it's a creative name. But the fact that they introduce the concept of that character and then see it through in a entertaining and 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 a way that actually works for the show i'm like how else are you going to introduce such an obscure character from dc comics like the blue devil and actually make it make sense well you know what they do it here in swamp thing so i want to know again where is my save swamp thing campaign i mean i'm i'm right there with you next to the uh the picket line but I want that as well. So I say we we get it trending. Hashtag save Swamp Thing. I don't care if if because uh, now HBO Max is partnering up with the the DC Universe app. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, if it becomes a HBO show, fine, great. You can keep it R rated and 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 just as as in your face. If it has to go to the CW and you have to tone it down a bit. As long as you don't lose the integrity of the stories that you were telling, I can be fine with losing the cursing and the extreme gore. Yeah. You can definitely do the pull away shot when the vines are coming right before they connect. You can do like supernatural style. I mean, they still have blood, you know, and it's still Mm -hmm. kind of gory, but they just do gore without the gore. So, right, right. So yes, I I'm calling to all of you listeners. If you've watched swamp thing, Join us in hashtag save Swamp Thing. If you haven't watched Swamp Thing, guys, get that free seven-day trial for the DC Universe app and binge the hell out of that show. And then join us for our hashtag save Swamp Thing campaign. You'll be glad you did. I want it trending, folks. Hashtag save Swamp Thing. I know it's coming to the CW as as a, a rerun for folks that don't have the the DC Universe app or didn't go out and buy the uh, the the box set, and maybe it will get extra life on the CW. Uh, I mean, I don't know, or maybe it'll get extra life on HBO Max. That would be great. Yeah, but or, I want it trending. Hashtag Save Swamp Thing. I mean. Or you could get your John Constantine on Legends of Tomorrow. Who knows? That's where I ask everybody out there, did you watch Swamp Thing on the DC Universe app? And if so, what did you think about it? Head on over to our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Shoot a short video. Tell us your thoughts on Swamp Thing. Oversized comic books, in a very physical sense, can interrupt and cause annoyance to some collectors. I personally have been collecting Last Night on Earth and the Many Deaths of Vic Sage and Wonder Woman Dead Earth. And these are a larger size issue that don't readily fit into my long box. And we here at the poll list, well, we're nothing if we're not particular in how we collect things. And so we had a small discussion on how we feel and how we collect oversized comics. So lately, DC's been putting books out under their black label that are larger than normal size. Personally, I'm collecting Question and reading it and loving it. Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. I haven't gotten to it yet. It is on my July 4th 
read poll. So by the time this comes out, I probably will have read it. I think that the large size book kind of adds to the overall feel of it. Like it feels like it's got weight and importance to it. And the larger size to me is a physical representation of that. Like, sure, this isn't continuity stuff, but in its own world, it matters. Well, I've been reading some of the Black Label stuff as well. Most of the stuff that I read, though, is regular comic book size. Uh, some of it isn't put into those uh, those oversized, I- I'm going to call it magazine-style format, because you need a magazine bag okay. to store it, and you need a magazine short box to store those. That's what I was going to ask if they were that size or if they were bigger than that. At least they're the magazine yeah. size board and bags, but still going to buy special ones, you know? Right. Well, and the thing is, is that if you don't, if if your shop doesn't automatically put them in one, then you're you're out of luck. You have to buy extra materials and they don't just come one, one, one per it's like, can I have one, please? No, you can't. You have to buy a bag of, I, I believe, for the magazine ones, they're they're fifty, not a hundred. We we used really? to sell we used to sell them one at a time, one board, one bag. Yeah, my my shop sells more, one at a time. Yeah, they're like instead of like a dime, it's like a or instead of a nickel, it's like fifteen cents or something like that. But yeah, they'll sell them one at yeah. a time. But but have you guys gotten that recently? No, yes. I haven't. Pistol. Yeah, every I buy a, a single bag and board every time I buy one of these issues. Normally, I double side my comics one and two and the same, just because I lose things so badly. I have to do that. Uh, but these they are too large to double side. So I just, every time I buy one, it's a bag and board back. Well, and- see, I'm, I'm evidently going to the wrong shops because they, they don't offer that at all. Hmm. I can, I can buy a regular sized bag and board for a comic book, but they do not have a hmm. oversized magazine style bag and board available for me. So I stopped because I don't have a place to put them. I collected the Superman year one written by crazy uncle Frank. <laughs> right. Yep. And that, that was four, four issues, you know, oversized. And we're talking, uh, I think a $9 cover price. I didn't have any bags to put them in except for the very first one, because I bought it. I, I bought a variant cover. So the variant covers were put in bags and okay. hoarded. So here I've got these these four books. Only one of them is protected. Now, sure, the story sucked and I didn't care by right. the end of it. But had the story been engaging and interesting, I would have wanted to, you know, keep these protected from the elements. And I would have had to have gone out and buy extra paraphernalia for my comic book collection because I'd need uh, a long box or short box that actually fits them. And I would need the bags and boards. Now, I have some of the old Marvel graphic novels, which are the same size. Right. My God Loves Me and Kills is also right. a, a large Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Excalibur, Weird War 3 is the same size because it's a, it's a graphic novel. All of the, uh, the second volume of Howard the Duck came in an oversized magazine format. So I've had to get stuff to protect those, but... Unless it's like a really special story, I don't want to spend extra money on extra uh, equipment to bag my stuff. Because you also have to think, when it gets turned into a trade paperback, right. is that going to be oversized as well? 
I have to imagine it will be. It could be, but who? I mean, I don't know what they're thinking is. You know, like I don't even know why they do this to begin with. Like, oh, you get a little more art and a little bit more story, but I don't know. Well, but you're also paying more as well. That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, true. Now you've lucked out, Pistol, because you've liked the many deaths of uh, Vic Sage. I picked up the first issue. I liked it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. Con- I couldn't bring myself to pay almost ten dollars an issue. That's so expensive, man. For something, yeah, for something that I would also have to spend money on buying extra bags and boards. So when this is all over, I don't plan to buy extra bags and boards. I'm going to actually move them to my bookshelf and mm, okay. put them in special places on my bookshelf where I know like these are where the law, the magazine size comics are. So if I want them, because right now I've got all my comics at my family's house labeled by what they are. So my Ghostbuster comics have like a big label in front of them, X-Men, mm-hmm. miscellaneous. So I'll be doing the same with that. I'm just going to clear a whole space and use, you know, my little label maker that says, you know, oversized comics and then the list of what they are. Not so a bad they, Well, I mean, they're, they're big enough that they could actually fit with trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, not, not, uh, not necessarily a bad idea. Right. I'm just, I mean, I'm just getting over that price, man. Like you figure four issues, $9 a pop. It's almost 40 bucks that, you know, that's 10 other regular comics. Sure. I mean, when I say I like it though, I love this comic and I love this character enough that this is worth it to me. You know what I mean? It's worth the $40 for four issues. Absolutely. To me it is. It's, it's a fantastic told story. And one of my favorite characters, I mean, he was the leader of my Justice League in our, you know, choose who the hell hasn't been in the Justice League episode. (laughs) Fair enough. No, the question to me is an often glossed over character. And I I can understand why he's a very unique character. And if you're not rebooting him or putting him in a new situation, it's hard for people to understand Vic Sage's question. You can, you know, you can change it to rename Montoya or do whatever and kind of simplify it. And I, and I, I don't mean any disrespect to the character Renee Montoya brings to the question, but I'm saying Vic Sage has had a, a lot of years of being him and it's a little weird, but I dig it, man. I'll collect all those giant ass big books as long as the story stays good. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I wasn't a part of, you know, the, that initial conversation, but I would have to say for me, it's kind of a nostalgic thing because it, it really harks back to the late 70s and early 80s when they were doing those giant treasury editions for everything, you know, uh, back, back when those first batch of Marvel and DC crossover books were coming out. But yeah, if it's not good, there's no reason to keep it and try to make a space for it. Yeah, it's a, it's very similar to to the Treasury editions. It's similar to the oversized graphic novels mm-hmm. that Marvel was doing. It it's actually reminiscent of the first four issues of the original Eastman and Laird Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle yeah. run yeah. when they were putting out the newsprint size. Same thing with Tick. Yeah. So I I get it. It's just uh, I don't know. It, I. I just want to have a place to, to to fit them. And it's almost like any shop I go to just doesn't have a magazine short box for me to put this stuff in. Well, I guess that's where we ask you, our listeners out there. Do you have a place where you go to for your oversized comic magazines? Or do you even collect them? Do you look at them and just say, nah, not for me? Hit us up on our social media accounts and let us know. 
And now we have come to our fifth and final segment of our Summer Spectacular episode. And uh, this one is very exciting because we actually had a special guest host for this segment come in and talk with us. For those of you who have been listening uh, throughout the, the whole last season of the show, you might remember Dragonus Prime, ah. who has joined us for a handful of episodes here and there. Well, Dragonus has uh, joined us for this next segment as well, as he and I and Mr. X share a very special and exciting announcement regarding My Big Fat Pull List. Take a listen. All right, gentlemen, I'm glad I have you here. Uh, I, I think it's about time that we make this announcement. This is this is actually going to be featured at the end of our big summer special spectacular episode. Very cool. Oh, yes. I feel like the three of us, since this is kind of the brainchild of both uh, both uh, Dr. Impact and Dragonus Prime, I feel the three of us are, are the perfect candidates to announce this big news. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks and geekettes, and of course, all of our loyal listers, we here in my big fat pull list would like to announce, coming fall 2020, we are launching a YouTube channel filled with past and future semi-original entertainment. That's right. That's right. This is exciting for us because, you know, as many of you listeners know, we do both film and video production as well as podcasts. So this is really giving us an opportunity to kind of bring the two together and uh, and and utilize both skills. What we'll be doing is is currently a lot of our content video wise has been living over at the Archlight's Entertainment slash Studios YouTube page mm -hmm. because Archlight has been doing all of our video and editing work. Right. We're going to take all of those videos and we're going to place them in chronological order on our YouTube channel, along with all of the uh, content that we've uploaded through Facebook as well. So it'll have a nice little home there. And then we'll also continue to put out brand new programming. I'm very excited. Dragonus Prime, why don't you tell the listers our first piece of original programming? I'd love to. Okay. So everyone knows about how they always had these fun issues of the X-Men where it's they're, they're playing against each other. They're playing sports, basketball, what have you. And they're always saying no powers can be used. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Who, who can forget the, the epic softball games in the backyard of the Xavier Institute. And I was going to say, I think a majority of the time with the X-Men, it seems to, I mean, yeah, they do other sports, but it seems to always be either softball or baseball. Well, that got me thinking because I loved those issues because they weren't anything deep, but they were just stupid fun. I came across a game that I purchased not too long ago called Super Mega League Baseball. Okay. Now you're asking me, where am I going with this? Where are you going with this? <laughs> In Super Mega League Baseball, you can create players, teams, team logos, the whole shenanigans. So I thought, well, what could be really fun is if we created an entire baseball league of Marvel superheroes. Okay. 
So I've created entire teams for the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, the Spider-Verse, all sorts of teams. And I thought, well, that's great. That's one league. But now we need another league because baseball, you have American League and you have the National League, right? Yep. What better comic company to go up against the Marvel Universe than the boys in blue at DC? Okay. Yeah. The other league is going to be DC Universe. Going forward, we are going to have your favorite podcasters will be commentating on these games. We will recording select games each week and posting them to the YouTube page for your guys' enjoyments to get behind, to root for your teams, and get all sorts of excitement built up for this. Now, we do want to stress here, though, that unlike other video games that you see online, we are not controlling this. Correct. We are simulating these games and letting them play out. That way, it is completely unbiased. We all know that that I, Dr. Impact, lean more DC and Mr. X leans more Marvel. Yep. But neither one of us or anyone else on the pull list, for that matter, will have any control over the outcome of these games, which makes it more fair all the way around. And just like current Major League Baseball, we will have the same amount of real fans in the stands as they do. <laughs> so so about, you know, 30,000 digital fans in the background exactly. is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> no cardboard cutouts. What are we going to be calling this show? This show has a perfect name to fit this wonderful brand that we are all a part of. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you all, and I look forward to showing you the games of My Big Fat Pool League. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very creative. I, I enjoy baseball. I'm not as big of a diehard fan as Dr. Impact and Dragonus Prime are, but I enjoy baseball. And now that I know that my favorite comic book characters will be playing, I may enjoy baseball a little bit more. To give you a bit of a tease there, Mr. X, to help get you ex- more excited about it, we have an entire division in the Marvel League that is called the Mutant Division. In that division, we have teams as the X-Men, the New Mutants, the X-Force, and the Brotherhood of Mutants. All right. So those are the four teams in that division, then. Correct. I'm very excited. I can't wait to see the first game. But that's not all we have. Actually, Dr. Impact has some stuff he's going to add to this channel as well. That's right. We don't just have the one show that we will be showing once a week. We do have another show that will also be running once a week on YouTube. Now, I'm sure anybody that has been following the Pull List podcast or any of our social media sites, they they probably already know about a video show that we were doing for a while called Dr. Impact's Quarantine Comic Book Prescription. Basically, that show started out of the idea that there were no new comics coming out for a while when the COVID-19 pandemic hit. And everyone was quarantined and stuck at home. And what you started to see online was this movement, the hashtag new to you comic book day, because there were no new comic book days for a while there. We had started doing this show where every week I would go on and and discuss a book that was new to me. Now, it could have been something that was new on the shelf a few months ago. It could have been something that was 50, 60 years old, but I personally had just never read it. At the same time, as we were doing that, 
one of our other co-hosts, Pistol Danger, was starting up a show as well, Pistol Danger's Favorites, where he was discussing his favorite runs, his favorite comics, and things that he was looking back through and rereading. Well, now that new comics have started returning to comic shelves, it doesn't seem quite as imperative to have a new-to-you comic book day focus. Now, that, that doesn't mean that that isn't still out there and can't still be a thing. It just means it's not a focus anymore. So, we have decided to take those two shows and essentially combine and replace them and relaunch them on our new YouTube channel as a show called Discoveries and Revisits. And basically what this show is, is that every week, a different member of the pull list will take a few minutes to talk about a comic series that they either have just recently read, so something that would be new to them, or reread something that is a favorite of theirs, and basically revisit it. It will be a different pull lister every week, and sometimes you'll get an episode that will be a pull lister talking about how they've discovered something they've never read before. And maybe the next week you'll get a different pull lister, but that person will be talking about something that they love reading, and they reread all the time, and they are currently rereading it now as well. Discoveries and Revisits will be our second weekly show. I look forward to that because I can't wait to get uh, suggestions for new stuff to check out. Yeah, I think it'll be really fun because, you know, all all of us read very different things. I'm sure we all read some similar things and there's some overlap, but, you know, well, as I said earlier, Mr. X is primarily Marvel and, and I'm primarily DC. So, you know, there's obviously differences there. So it'll be interesting to kind of see different views of different books. Very exciting. Very excited indeed. I have my own show because, of course I do, I am that important. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. Uh, No, 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 he is, he is. No, 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 it's just because nobody else wants to take on this task that I'm taking on. Earlier in 2019, I actually started reading DC Comics uh, leading up to the big Rebirth event that happened simply because I wanted to try to understand current DC comic books. Dr. Impact was nice enough to give me what we affectionately called a starter kit. That's right. That actually was pretty entertaining. So once I finished the starter kit, which was comprised of a lot of uh, New 52-esque books that were leaning towards what DC started uh, fixing about what they did wrong with New 52 leading up to the whole rebirth phenomenon. I have started reading Rebirth. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take all those old episodes of The Road to Rebirth, put them on the YouTube channel, and then I am going to start putting out Journey Through Rebirth, where I read pretty much almost every damn thing that had (laughs) a a Rebirth banner on it, and then afterwards decide which books I'm going to stick with we're going to try to keep on going until I get to present day DC, which depending on how long this takes, who knows what'll be happening by the time we get there. That'll be fun, Mr. X to, to see you go through it all. And, uh, and the other nice thing too, about us moving 
these updates that you were doing before to the actual channel, to the YouTube channel, is that it will make it a little easier for fans and our listeners to follow you through that journey because yes. you won't have to sit there and read 30 books at one time and then try to cut that down to a 10 minute review now because we can do it more on a semi-regular basis if you read four or five books then you just do a review of those four or five books and that's all you have to do for the week which makes it easier for our followers when you guys are going onto the youtube channel to watch this show you won't have to try to figure out what Mr. X is condensing into that time. You will actually get a more thorough review from him. We hope. We hope. Because <laughs> I've been known to I've been known to ramble too. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> will these be spoiler reviews? That's a very good question. Mm. The uh the road to rebirth was not what wasn't filled with a lot of spoilers, uh but it was filled with some. So I will say there'll probably be some spoilers, but maybe not all spoilers. Enough to get someone interested, but not too many that it's going to blow anything over. And, and just like anything that we do podcast-wise, if there are spoilers, we will put a warning Absolutely. so that, that people will know to beware as they continue to watch the video. Now, enough about my soon-to-be-future award-winning uh, YouTube uh, <laughs> reviews. Let's talk about the show that I'm most excited about. Dragonist yeah. Prime, take us home and and introduce the fourth original programming show on our YouTube channel. Oh, I thought you'd never ask. We are all big fans of role-playing games, I think we all, yeah. correct? Damn straight. Damn straight. Uh, in fact, I, I don't think it's going so far as to say as outside of the world in our secret identities, the group of us all play role-playing games for fun. Absolutely, yep. we do. Together. Exactly. Exactly. Recently, a few years ago, I purchased a uh, player's handbook for the DC Superhero Adventures, which okay. was based on this system called Mutants and Masterminds. And I've always wanted to play it, but I've never had the opportunity to do so because I've, A, never really read the rules thoroughly, and B, never had a group that wanted to play it. But I proposed this idea to everyone, and everyone is so excited about it, as you've just heard, to jump on this. And uh, what we are going to do is... We're going to record full sessions of our game for the YouTube channels. And yes. the game we're going to be doing is going to be the DC Adventures game. And I will be the game master. And my four players will be Dr. Impact, Mr. X, Smurfy, and last but never least, Pistol Danger. The thing that I think is very cool about this when you when you pitched all of us on the idea is not that we would be sitting there as Dr. Impact and Smurfy and whoever creating a new superhero to play and role play as in the game, but rather we would be creating game version characters of our personas. And I, I think that was the thing that really interested me. So it's not like I, Dr. Impact, would be creating some random new hero and I'd be role-playing that character. I would be role-playing Dr. Impact. And the system is designed that you can be whatever powers you think in your mind Dr. Impact would have. Mm. Ooh, look out. So, I mean, Mr. X, you could have 
Cyclops type vision for your uh, character. I, I think it's uh, I'm going to have optic blast, a healing factor, and some sweet, sweet ninja moves. I think that fits you. Yep. Yeah, and that all would work. So that is going to be our plan. And now, granted, yes, they are going to be four-hour sessions, and those are awful long to say. I know there's many, many uh, role-playing game uh, podcasts, video podcasts out there, such as uh, Critical Role, for example, where you can sit and you can watch the entire four-hour session. But we live in a world where we also want to read a lot of comics. We want to play video games. We want to watch movies. And we don't always want to sit for four hours at a time. What we're going to do is we're going to break those four sessions up into hour-long sessions each. I'm going to edit them out for the first part, second part, third part, and fourth part. And then that way you guys can watch them at your leisure. Now tell us, what is the name of this show? The name of this show has probably a better name than my big fat pool league. In fact, it came to me like, like the flash run into China. It was so quick. (laughs) We are going to be calling this amazing program. My big fat RPG. Damn straight. I love that name. Perfect. Keep your eyes peeled listeners, because not only are we going to be creating content to please your ears, but also your eyes. And with that being said, back to you, Mr. X in the studio. Thanks, Mr. X. Great report. You heard it here first, folks. Big announcement. And this is how any kind of summer special or annual should be. The last story should be the big things to come. And that is what is happening. Things to come. And we are doing YouTube and doing it right. There will be original programming mixed in with everything else that we have already done. And we cannot wait to share the future of my big fat pullist entertainment with you. Does anybody else have anything they want to say about the YouTube channel? Sounds neat. Be sure to head on to YouTube and subscribe to the My Big Fat Polis YouTube channel when it gets launched so that you don't miss any of this new programming. Keen. And don't forget, Dr. Impact, to spam that bell as hard as possible so that you can be updated whenever any new content is dropped on our YouTube page. And just like the summer itself, it seems to go by so quickly. And we are at the end. We hope that you enjoyed this summer special spectacular. I know we enjoyed putting it together for you. So until next time, folks, I'm Mr. X. I'm Dr. Impact. I'm Smurfy. The bang man himself, and he's not wearing any pants, Pistol Danger. And summertime's a hot one. Don't forget that sunscreen and make sure that you stay hydrated. <laughs> That's our show, folks. Tell your friends and family about our program. What he means is you and everyone you know should subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on every app possible. Want to help support the show? Visit our Patreon page. We have a variety of incentives at multiple tiers sure to satisfy any and all hardcore geeks. You can also follow us on social media where we post weekly comic picks, breaking news stories, and glimpses into our everyday geek lives. Until next time, keep your turtle shells waxed. (laughs) Your power rings charged. And your proton packs primed.
Ooh, what's this do? No, Smurfy, not the containment unit. Fine, enjoy, enjoy the swamp that is Florida. Yeah, we'll see. That's another hot place. Aha! Look at that. No, no. Bring, bring it back. <laughs> bring gators. It back Watch out for the gators. And anacondas. Wow. Gator Conda. Oh, God. That's a great yep. horror movie. Let's get that right, guys. Gator Conda. I just, yep. Yep. Done. Well, right now itself. we know Jay's uh, next movie. Yep. Oh, no. This is mine. This is all mine. <laughs> okay. I'm directing this one. I'm going to play the Gator Conda. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Run. Yep. That's right. Practical <laughs> effects all the way. Oh, my God. And we're shooting it in the Midwest, so it won't it won't look like a swamp at all. Right, we can put like a cardboard like we can put a cardboard box over your head, and it's like color green. <laughs> there you go. Arr! Right. Does awesome. that guy have a beer box on his head? <laughs> and you can have like Hulk gloves because they got to be green. That's right. <laughs> got it. Yep. What was your budget for this? Two million dollars. <laughs> right. Where did that go? Don't worry about that. Hookers and blow, man. Right. Hookers as and it, blow. As it sees all drive away in our Lamborghinis, like, we don't know where that money went. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sci-Fi Channel. Right. Because <laughs> you know they're the only ones crazy enough to pick it up. Oh, yeah, they would. They'd be like, yeah, it's cool. Gator Conda, we want five of them. Right, exactly. Uh, what, a, what a predicament, because I need five Lamborghinis. We're there. <laughs> Well, this is sci-fi money, so it's it's probably more like yeah, I need five Honda Civics. Now I want to do a comic book strip where we, as the my big fat pull list guys, end up going up against the Gator Conda. Oh, that'd be awesome! <laughs> and you know what? I wanted the co- I want the first cover to say Gator Conda issue one hashtag Save Swamp Thing. That's <laughs> that's the title. The first book. people are like what? <laughs> That's so random. Yeah, but like it, it's sticking people's cerebellums. We're good. Got this. <laughs>